Hi, I'm Nate. I'm Noah. No, I'd actually say this chat leans in the direction of Gaming Lion because we are talking to the founder of Fire Games, Connor Rush, on this one about his new game, Summerland. It's a really beautiful game. We played through the entirety of it right before recording the episode and we had a lot of fun talking about it. I actually found Connor on TikTok, which is crazy. He was talking about making Summerland and I, as I do, was like, hey, do you need any sound effects for this game? So I actually designed the footsteps in the game and two gunshot sounds that you'll hear at very important parts in the game. For what it's worth, they're good footsteps. Thanks, bud. In this podcast, we talk about video games and death, which is really everything you could ever want in a podcast. That's some serious range right there. But also, before we start, consider this your spoiler warning. We'll be talking about the story of this game. So if you're curious about it, it's available now on Steam. It's called Summerland. Give it a download. Give it a playthrough. We'll be here when you get back. We hope you enjoy the game, the footsteps, and this episode. So, without further ado. This is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Hi. <laughs> it's nice to nice to see you and, and, and meet you. We just played through Summerland and it's awesome. Like we, we were talking about it a little bit before recording, but yeah, dude, c- like congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much. Game. You made a lovely little game, <laughs> you made sir. A lovely little thank game. you. You made a game that, that got Noah and I like very much talking about philosophy and also just like game design and, and all that. Uh, so we appreciate the conversation starter you don't know how much that actually means to me that's incredible like thank you so much i was like texting you about it where we were big fans of like the the walking narrative uh genre of games mm-hmm. like gone home and firewatch uh, we were talking about the beginner's guide is like one of my all-time favorite games oh, i love it so uh like I, I really feel like this summerland fits really comfortably in this world of uh and genre of games and we're, we're almost jealous of how well you executed it you know <laughs> uh there's no need for that I, I listened through like all of your discography and i thought it was all awesome <laughs> by the way so no jealousy I needed that. i appreciate that you know we joke around that we're like air merchants like no matter how much we work it will always still be vibrations i'm just in selling the air. air you know it's nice it's really cool to like play a game you know and yeah. uh uh, it reminds me a little bit of of college, like because some of, some of our friends would make stuff, and yeah, we, we were always no. You made a game, right? Uh, where you had to fight whales. Yeah, when I when I was learning Unity at freshman year in college, the most robust game experience I ever like. I, I was able to complete a core gameplay loop, which was this game where you're in a in an open field and whales are flying th- from the sky towards <laughs> you, and if you click the mouse, it it'll shoot out this really high quality chair model. <laughs> <laughs> and if, you, if the chairs hit the whales, they would fall out of the sky. So it was like kind of a basic like arcade game where you're just it's like a like a like a bullet hell kind of game where you're just trying to like kill the whales as they fly through the air towards you. But they made this horrific low pitched noise, which was just like <laughs> it was like. Wait, there was a, there was a flashlight mechanic, though, because it was. In oh, the yeah, dark, it, it was in the dark. You had a flashlight. That so it was ran like a battery. It was like so slender around the field. Yeah, I, I had big plans to like implement phases and maybe like a safe house. <laughs> I, but like, I had no idea that you did games as well. Yeah, that that was um I mean that's a very generous way of putting it. Yeah, Connor. it's a very generous yeah. way of putting it. Like <laughs> I think I think both of us have dabbled in games. But yeah, I, I you know, I I made I got into Unity freshman year of college during the blizzard of, of 2014. Oh my goodness. It's always something that I've been and I you know when I was a, but before I wanted to be, become a musician, I went to a, like a like a cyber camp two years in a row for Half-Life modding, 
where I like lo- like literally did a course in like building levels and like nar- <laughs> narrative stuff in Source Engine. So, like video cool. games have always been like a huge part of my life. And I mean, most of the content I watch on YouTube is like video game journalism and video game theory content. So it's it's something that I, I spend a lot of time, you know, think, well, thinking about and, and engaging I, I, with. I studied video game narrative in at, at Berkeley, which is like uh, how you know video games in their medium. Uh, you know, discusses narrative, which is where I fell in love with the sort of walking narrative genre. Yeah. The only game I think I've ever actually coded correctly was called The Myth of Sisyphus. And it is a, a, a <laughs> an orb that you roll up a hill that uh, the speed of the orb gets slower and slower. And then eventually it rolls back down the hill. I was very proud of it. <laughs> Are, it sounds like we might be the same three people. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, mu- uh, music and game nerds that like making things and talk in microphones a lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there, there we go. There we go. Know? That's it. That's uh, the ball game. And and you're a musician too, man. Like the music in Summerland is great. I know you're releasing that music very, very soon. Yeah, there's a few singles out right now, actually. I'm 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 excited for like people to experience this. And, yeah. And and again, like we have played so many walking narrative games that just don't grip you in the way that this gripped you. Like halfway through, we were like. Okay, we might have to just postpone this interview so that we can just finish yeah, it just finish like, and know and know what happens, you know, to Matt. Uh, that's that's the goal, really. Walking simulators are hard to pull off. Yeah. They're really difficult. I appreciate the sort of pacing of the game too. Love a game that starts with sound design. You you know it like a uh, very on brand for me to say. Yeah. <laughs> um but the fact that the first thing you really see is just remain calm, very like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That was the exact reason I put that in there. <laughs> I love Hitchhiker's Definitely Guide. Appreciate. Is that uh, is that you in the monologue as well on the phone? No. Uh, I. How much do you guys use TikTok? I had a like a kick like right when quarantine started. Actually, like you know, for everybody listening, like that's how I found you. Was yeah. I, you were just on my for you page, and I'm like. I have not found another video game developer uh, on my for you page before. I'm going to say hello, yeah, and uh, and also see if if I can help with you know footsteps, <laughs> which which you did, and the footsteps which, were awesome, <laughs> which I appreciated. I while we were playing, I turned to know. I'm like, do those sound familiar? <laughs> but, that's uh, my handiwork. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the monologue guy on the phone. That's a uh, that's Ryan Beard. I don't know if you oh, know his cool. account. I, I don't, but now now I'll check it out. He um, does a, he does a lot of comedy stuff. He was on America's Got Talent at one point. That's fun. Oh, I, I as a kid, I spent a lot of time like on the lot there. My um, step grandmother was a studio teacher. Oh, that's for cool. America's Got Talent. So I, I I wonder if I ran into him. I'll, I'll check out his face later. Yeah, you know. I, Noah hates this expression, but you know I'm I'm better with faces than names. Yeah, because that's how our brains work. That's how <laughs> humans are literally built. No one is the other way around. No, he's a, he's a comedy musician though. That, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he he has a series. He has a series called Unmotivational Monday, and I don't <laughs> know if great. you've ever seen that. That's like his big one, I think. Oh uh, yeah, well everybody listening, check it out. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely be, we'll check, be it sure out. To check it out. He does a great job. He, he sounded like you for a second though, so I wasn't sure. I was going uh, to do it. That was like the initial plan. And then he reached out and said he wanted to be part of the game. And I was like, okay. And that's great. I recast it. Yeah. Do you voice any anybody in the game? I do not. This is actually the first time I've made a game where I don't voice anyone. That's awesome. That's awesome. You're yeah, you're the Easter egg. You're you're one of Matthew's pants. Like uh, you know, deep breaths. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should that would voice be actually the really funny. Should, the, the, the baby should just say the, one thing. Yeah, the, you should you should like 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 final final scene. You know, uh, Joey says, 
Dad? Dad? And that's you. <laughs> I can't do it in a baby voice, though. Yeah, it has, no, it has to be full It, it has to be voice. like the baby crying, and then like there's a silence, and you're like, Dad. <laughs> Dad. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> Father. Father. Wait, uh, there's, there's New Game Plus, where... <laughs> Where you voice every character. <laughs> I, I had the idea of, uh, and I definitely wouldn't follow through with this because that would be twice the work on Matthew's voice actor. <laughs> but it was the idea that uh, if you play a second playthrough, it doesn't explicitly tell you, but he's just really angry the second time. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a great, I think that'd be really funny. Tight. Yeah. That's I mean that's conceptually fascinating. Um I, I love I love the idea of like, you know, the loop or like or the re-experiencing. We'll talk about death later. Okay. But <laughs> let's let people like but, ease their way into this episode before we bring yeah. them down. I am curious how much of an influence did like Firewatch and like Gone Home and oh, Beginner's ton. Guide have on the game? A ton. The uh, the main structure of it was inspired by a game called Virginia. Ooh, I don't know if you ever played that from. one. I don't know if you ever played that one. Uh, it is the closest a game has ever come to replicating film. Hmm. Wow! Um, for one, it has like the cinematic uh, letterbox bars that you see in oh, a lot nice. of film, uh, and I utilize that in Summerland. But also, it uses editing, which is super interesting. Like you'll be walking down hmm. a hallway, and then it just hard cuts to a different oh, part of the game, uh, and you're still Ooh. walking. That's almost and moving. like that's almost like Resident Evil. Like old school video game used to like cut to different angles, like before you had camera. Oh, yeah, right. but like this is this is like a first person game doing this though, and you like go to oh. a completely different area. Wow, with like music like crescendoing and everything, it's exactly like film editing, and I think it's really interesting. Yeah, uh, that and is I structured really it a lot like that. Another big influence was uh, What Remains of Edith Finch and The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Oh, oh yeah, 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 I, yeah, I was yeah. gonna. I was going to ask about that, uh, the vanishing of Ethan oh, Carter. Oh, yeah, vanishing of Ethan uh, Carter, for sure. I, I have a very distinct memory in college of you and I uh, locking ourselves in, like, the rec room. Yeah, and, yeah, downstairs like, in 270. Yeah, and just, like, playing it Plowing through, the night, through Ethan like, Carter yeah. in one sitting. That uh, that's night. where the detective thing mostly came from, the vanishing of Ethan yeah. Carter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah and yeah. then Firewatch, obviously, was a big one for me. Oh, I loved Firewatch. Amazing. That game was like it's a beautiful game. Really beautiful game. I, I, what I liked about Firewatch, which uh, Noah made a comment on pretty early, like like literally trial one of your game. Um, for people listening, uh, Summerland is divided into trials. Like the level structure is like I believe mm-hmm. eight trials with like with uh, interludes of of these uh, philosophy questions, um, uh, a la moral philosophy in the good place, etc. But yeah, trial one. Uh, Noah made a comment about how like the game doesn't hold your hand like you do have to f- be a detective and you do have to yeah. like, put the pieces together and 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 you know really look around the map which reminded me of Firewatch like there were times where you just wander around Firewatch because all you have is your map You're yeah like, oh have I been here before like getting lost in that game was part of yeah was it was a I think a feature not a bug yeah you know? definitely no I, I love Firewatch in that um, regard honestly I wanted to make Summerland a bit more linear and personally, this is might be an unpopular opinion, but I actually really like linear games. Yeah, well, I mean, I, a lot I, of people I, are I huge on like yeah. open world, make things more expansive, make things bigger. I feel like putting things in a more linear space makes way for being able to control the pacing a bit more and being able to focus. Well, a bit yeah, more. It, it allows you to it allows you to tell a narrative. Like if you even if you take like the you know the one of the pinnacles of open world gaming, like something like Breath of the Wild, like that's pure mechanics, like creating you know, an emergent sense of gameplay, but it's not much in the way of telling a story. Like 
you know, if you're going you, yeah. yeah, that's that's the paradox of the Rockstar game yeah. is that they they have this amazing open world sandbox. But then when it comes down to tell a story, they put you on railroads because that's the only way they can do it. Well, that, that's that's the thing is like take a game like Red Dead Redemption. You right. know, it's like uh, what was it? The, the Ludo narrative uh, dissonance. Uh, dissonance, which is uh, you can have a character who is is trying to tell a story of a moral character or a character trying to find its morality, but because you have the agency of an open world, you could just shoot up an entire yeah. town of innocent people. Right. I, exactly. I tried to combine it. I really tried to combine the two. Uh, in, in, a, in a bit. And I think, in I think a way. you did a really good job. Because uh, yeah. each of the trials are like kind of open, but in a very small, confined space. Yeah, I think I think that's a good way of going about it. I stand by one of my favorite games is, is Bioshock. Oh, I love you know, Bioshock. Yeah. Because... Because you're really, you know, it's a subjective experience mm-hmm. of, of a game, you know? So, I, yeah, 110% with you on that one. I, I am cu- curious, was there anything that was sort of inspired by limitation? Like, was there anything, like any sort of level in the game or uh, experience within the game that came less of like, oh, this was my plan from the jump and more of like, oh, I only have this toolkit or I'm just one person you know how how do I execute this, well, or like what's a, what's a, how do I cheat this problem? One of my you main know? things was, uh, and you'll you'll probably be able to guess this just from playing it, but the way the characters are portrayed. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the sort of spirit, yeah, like the yeah, spirit yeah, fragments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of the uh, all of the people in the game are sort of portrayed as these particles of light, almost. And that came. It's very, very clearly inspired by everybody's gone to the rapture. Oh, uh, I was yeah, going to ask you yeah. if that was if that was where that that. I, came I feel from. like I'm one of the few people that really enjoyed that game, but <laughs> uh, that was really inspired by that. And the reason I did that is because I don't have the skill set to model people. Um, but I also thought it was much more interesting than having modeled people. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing is like. You know, I, I feel like the voice acting in this game is so, so strong. And if that was tied into beginner developer, you know, facial animations, I feel like that 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 would have almost like undermined how how capital P professional and high quality the, the voice acting was. Uh, the, vo- the cast I got was incredible. I absolutely love the cast. Shout them out! I want to know. I want to know everybody who worked on on this game. Like, I, I'm I, my next question was what's what's the team? Like, how I, we saw some of the um like in the extras, the artists, uh, the artists, like both in game artists for like some of the, the paintings and pictures, but also for the concept design, uh, and and we were absolutely floored by yeah, it. Yeah. So for one, the voice cast. I did an open casting call, which is probably the TikTok you guys saw. I assume. I think that was probably because that was like the yeah. one big one that blew up. But I did the open casting call. I got over 4,000 auditions. Uh, and those were wow. the four I picked. So the main character wow. uh, is voiced by Reese David, who's actually British <laughs> in, in oh, real wow. life. Uh, and he's never done a game before, at least to my knowledge. He's he's primarily in audiobooks in that field. Uh, but I heard oh, wow. his performance. And part of the audition was the song. Uh, he had to pick a song and sing and... I loved it, and that was like my immediate pick. As soon as he auditioned, I knew. Well, he he has he he sells the kind of gruff gruffness uh, again, sort of reminiscent of Joel, especially when Joel plays the guitar. Right. Yeah. And I just yeah, I love I, I love the tone of him because it's at, at no point does it get too hard boiled. Like that was the thing. Like you have a you have a cop as a main character, so I'm like, okay, when does when is this gonna get hard boiled? That that was <laughs> and, 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 part of the character description. 
I, I specifically said I want him to sound like I think I use the the term like a cop that's too old for this, but yeah, not yeah, without yeah. the bitterness. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, there there was a lot of heart, you know, like I mean, in the sun dynamic too. Like it was it was like a, a gruffer Marlin, you know, yeah. like a gruffer Finding Nemo Marlin. Yeah, I, I didn't much. want you know, him to be something... the stereotype. I didn't want him to be like some stereotypical, oh, I'm getting too old for this kind of, you know, detective. I wanted him to, you know, um, like enjoy what he does. He's a nice guy. He's got heart and he's not afraid to show that. Well, and I think that like his his sort of, and I, I'm not going to spoil the game, but sort of where his arc leads uh, is believable and is and is natural. And, you know, we've, we've kind of seen it historically. So it's, you know, I, I, th- I think the fact that like, we believe the morality of it. And we believe why he does some of the things that he does. Though I, Noah and I made up a little uh, a little jingle <laughs> while we while we were playing some of the levels oh, that, that we do have to share with you. Because uh, throughout the game, we started doing it, and then every time we solved a puzzle or like so, like found stuff, we started doing it. So we're just like we go, we're, we're committing cop crimes, <laughs> cop crimes. <laughs> I anyway, love that. That's our that's our cop crimes jingle. Uh, send me uh, send me a recording of it, and that'll be in the extra yeah, menu. No, we will. We will. <laughs> yeah, cop cop crimes by Sleeping Lion. <laughs> how uh, how vague do you think all this is going to sound to people who haven't played the game? Well, I mean, I, I encourage anybody listening. Uh, we're now twenty minutes into the interview. Yeah, <laughs> I, I recommend anybody listening play the game first. Yeah. So I I'm very adamant that this game is best experienced with no information about it. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. Think, I, I think I think that's fair. I, I I was really like impressed by how many oh shit moments there were, like where you know because it's very rare you get to play a game that you don't know anything about. Right. Like, there, you know, and I would be like, oh, crap. Like, oh, whoa, that just happened. Like, that, you know. That. <laughs> I, I even wanted to make the story in a way that if you didn't read a single description about the game, you wouldn't understand until maybe like over halfway through what was actually going on. I do have one very specific question about the first level. Though. Okay. When he first starts having heart problems, is that tied into the first time you try to run? It is not. <laughs> okay. okay just, and that was a hilariously well-timed event. <laughs> yeah. When we were playing, it was, the, it was the first time I sprinted. I don't know if it's even heart problems. I kind of just made it this fictional ailment he has. Right. So Noah and I like switched off playing and Noah had been walking around. He's like, oh, right, I can run. And he hits shift to run. And like a second after he hits shift, <laughs> he starts like panting and going, oh, no, not again. And we're like, are you not supposed to run? <laughs> no, no, that's totally coincidental. <laughs> it's called like ser- serendipitous sync was in music when like a cue accidentally hits a moment whether whether or not you meant for it to happen right but, like, right, right. it's it definitely a, a hilarious sort of coincidence that is really funny um, <laughs> yeah i appreciate your your work on it. and i'm always very curious about like about those sort of limitations and how you went went around it and an a plus to the team wait what were the artist names like the ones oh who- yeah yeah so the concept artist it was concept slash inspired because a lot of it was done like post game his name is zach morphew he's done, he's done a ton for me in the past he's an incredible artist he goes by surreal station on instagram and i highly recommend anyone go check him out and give him a follow yeah he's also done all Absolutely. of my uh except for like the soundtrack stuff but he's done all of my album covers in single covers. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, just seeing the concept art was really, really cool, especially the final level. Like, I think I texted you, like, the level design in this is really, really great. I stand by, like, one of the coolest moments, um, and it's in the first, you know, 30 seconds, is you're in this very 
gray kind of drab uh like office space almost and you're in this hallway that is a bit morbid even just in the and it's sort of like sterileness mm-hmm. and then you open you open the door and it's this sprawling lush forest yeah and just yeah, the, that's a the, great moment those moments are just really really cool i was, go- like, I was going for just, that i'm really glad you liked that oh absolutely like that was the that was the first that was the first moment where i was like yeah it really sets the tone for yeah. like this is what this is gonna be I, I knew when I was making the game that I wanted the first area to be something really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I really wanted to grab attention with it. So I spent a solid like four months making that forest area. Yeah. No, it shows. Well, I don't know whether this was intentional or not, but even that first crime scene that you that you study is kind of like a metaphor. Like it doesn't matter who's right or wrong. Like everybody's everybody mm-hmm. died. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to immediately open up with a bit of a moral. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I want to say moral dilemma because there's nothing really to debate over at the moment, but kind of just that feeling of eh, maybe the right and wrong isn't exactly black and white here. Yeah, and that goes well, with we, Evelyn's like discussion at the end of that level. Yeah. When we, uh, you know, and and I'm sort of jumping around a little bit, but the the sort of final question, which I won't I won't spoil yeah. head on, but but you know. We actually really did take a moment with that final question. We're like, huh. Because a lot of, you know, I feel similar to, to Breaking Bad, like a lot of the trouble in this game is based in, like, in healthcare, you know, based in healthcare and, and economics, yeah. And economics. And, and so almost, almost one sort of like, it's the sort of specter in the game. I don't think it's like mentioned head on in any of the philosophy problems, but it was like, okay, if, you're, if your dilemmas are not, your fault, but the fault of a system. Uh, what's your moral responsibility to that system? Yeah, you know, and I, and in the way that you characterize Charlie, who like is this gangster essentially, and then you know there, there's that letter on the table where it's like, oh, he's also having trouble. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I, that was a really small detail, and I'm glad you guys found that. I I, I think it makes the, the moment. And now we're just spoiling stuff, but it makes the moment where you, where you you do have to clean things up. Uh, yeah. with Charlie. It makes that a lot more sort of like, again, morally ambiguous. Definitely put a milder, mild spoiler warning at the beginning of the episode. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of moments in the game and I wanted to make a lot of moments that were really small that changed the meaning of a lot of things. And that mm. that Charlie moment is one of them. You're, you provide these, these sort of moments of context that like I think frame things in a, in a really kind of interesting way way you know like little little snippets of dialogue that like pack a heavy punch you know uh, or, or details yeah there's even like i guess and i don't know if you guys caught it or not uh there's a kind of twist ending uh it's it, it's really subtle and i wanted i didn't want a ton of people to catch on to it um Th- throw it our way I'll, uh, we'll see if we we caught it it's uh i'm, I'm trying to think you know what? okay a bit of a spoiler here so anyone, a bit of a spoiler. This whole thing's a bit of a spoiler, but um, I think it's before the eighth trial uh, on the phone. Uh huh. The guy on the phone just drops like one line where he's like, "Do you even think this is real?" Right, 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 right. And then confirms and the, that at, at in the, the next end. one. He's like, "I think it's as real as you want it to be." And those two mm. lines, for me at least, completely recont- recontextualize the game. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like this idea that like. What he is struggling with in that fi- in in his final moment is did he do the right things? I you know I, like 
throughout media, throughout history, throughout, you know, existence, that's something that we all have to kind of grapple with. And, and, and that's why that's, that's, yeah, I really appreciate that because even if it's framed as, okay, is any of this real or is this sort of like, you know, a de- like a dream sequence kind of thing or the life flashing before your eyes, it, it shows what's most important, you know, in yeah. front of your mind, you know? Yeah. The, the, the question I have is like, what's the process for, for kind of like writing something like this? Did you start with a fully fleshed out script of what you wanted the sort of beats of it to be like what the, what the trials were? Did it start like more artistically with the, with the, the visuals or like what, like how, how did the thing come together broadly? So I, um, not to be a bummer or anything, but I, I get really like bad anxiety about stuff. Right. And one of the things I have a ton of anxiety about is this like existential fear of death. Right. Mm. Oh, we got a segue into the end. Look at that. Uh, but, hey, we got but, it. Uh, we got yeah. it. It's, uh, you know, it freaks me out. And it's not even the fact that, you know, uh, death is scary. It's that I it, there's so many unknowns. Like what happens when we die? What's it like to die? Um, and it's also the inevitability of it because you're going to have to experience this at some point. Yeah. Uh, and I freaked out a ton about this. And I finally decided, you know what? I'm going to make something to kind of portray this. Um, so I made, I decided I'm going to make a game about death. And it's going to kind of compartmentalize that fear into a fictional space. So I can kind of work around it, make my own reality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the whole like main premise came. And then I was also watching The Good Place at the time. I was right. going to ask about like you know the the, the trolley problem and the button problem. Yeah, like, I was watching a like, ton of the Good Place. I watched like the first three seasons that were out at the time. Uh, <laughs> whole whole bunch of cheaty in this game. Yeah, you know? no, a lot of the like moral stuff came from just cheaty's talks with Eleanor from the Good Place, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I did a little more research and implemented that moral philosophy aspect into the game. Uh, did did the process of that make you feel better about death? It did. It did. Um, I think it made it more comfortable. Not that I'm like, oh, this is what happens now. No, but it's more of like I've been I've dealt with death directly in this way um, so much that I'm kind of used to it by mm. now. Like I've I've been researching it so much and I've been programming and writing with it so much that I'm like, okay, I'm I'm more comfortable with the idea now. I, I'm I'm curious about story beats. Like how did how you like did you write this like you were writing a movie or did you how how did you kind of like craft this narrative, you know, pen to paper? It, it was written like a movie. I actually have the screenplay like typed out <laughs> on my That's laptop. And it's actually fairly short for a screenplay. It's like sixty pages, I think. And that, that's an hour. That's an hour long long movie. You know. Uh, but. Developers don't do this. I have a very bad development process. I was <laughs> modeling, designing, and programming the game as I was writing it. Hmm. Oh, wow. And a lot of the things came in to the story because I couldn't figure out how to do other things. Um, right. There was okay. one sequence I had initially wanted to do that was like a bank heist. Hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, and I was like, I don't have the resources to make a whole bank and all of this stuff. So that became the... Um, the bar. the bar. Yeah, that became yeah. the bar because right. it was a more contained small area. It was also supposed to be a convenience store at one point, uh, and I decided against that one. There were a lot of things that got scrapped in the story. The, uh, the kid was actually supposed to be a bit older in the first draft, uh, and he was oh, the one that was sick. Oh. Hmm. My friend actually uh, just like brought up one day is like what if what if like the main character was sick? I feel like I feel like that adds to the moral problem because it's about like he has to stay alive for the kid. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but but also how 
how much of that is a selfish desire to be a father or or to be, you know, because because, you know, he could be taken care of. There there was a mother. I don't know if they implied that like she died or that she just left. Um, yeah, that was ambiguous, which I appreciated. I, I, I try um, to leave a lot of the game ambiguous. I want a lot of it to be up into interpretation. Oh, this father wants to like be able to provide for his kid and like be around. But like, would the kid be better off in a different situation? That's interesting. You know, that's really interesting. Um, so that was that was that was on my mind while while playing the game for sure. Uh, fa- fatherhood's a very weird sort of moral ground in and of itself. I, I think historically, <laughs> Man, I'm glad you guys have so many thoughts on the game. I didn't expect that you would be like thinking so much into this, and I really, I'm really glad that you did. And I hope other people play it the same way. Of course, well, I, you know, I think that's a testament to the game. Like, I think that it's it's not a game that lets you kind of passively experience it. Even just some of the more like task based. Okay, you're in a game. Interact with this. Do this like gives you time to kind of parse over what it is, what what is it that you're doing? Like it, you go from being a cop that's finding evidence to a cop that's cleaning up and hiding evidence. Yeah. And I wanted there to be like, a parallel with that gameplay as well. Cause it kind of teaches you, it kind of teaches you like in the beginning that, oh, you're like investigating the scene. Uh, and then that exact same gameplay method is used for the later crime scenes. Except now in this morally ambiguous place which, I, which yeah. I really really appreciated yeah no I, really impressive my, my my last kind of question before we dive into to death okay is is like where did you learn how to do this like we both have written scripts we have both you know dabbled in unity and and middleware which like you know obviously because of sound design and music but like this is well made like there wasn't there wasn't like a bug you know other than like the one i told you about in the beginning like yeah like this is a clean game and and obviously also your process is well structured like you you had your concept artists and you had your voice actors and you did like did you learn this anywhere or did you just Occam's razor the thing together honestly it's pretty much just the second one <laughs> uh any i i like doing a lot of things the music for one uh then the games and i just kind of figured it out as i went for the most part, there, there's a lot of just winging it. And I think I came up with the process along the way. And like I said, with the concept art, most of it was done like after the game. That's why it says oh, like concept and inspired art. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I wanted to like fill them both together because they fit like that same visual style, but it's not exactly concept art. I, I just liked doing it and I was passionate about it. So I taught myself. I taught myself how to code, how to design. I mean, I taught myself how to play all these instruments so I can make music. And I'm doing it with very MacGyvered setups and softwares. <laughs> right. <laughs> like all my music is mixed and aligned in a movie editing software. Whoa. Uh, I, rec- Whoa. I record in Audacity. <laughs> oh, right. I was going to say for the audio files, I was going to I was going to make you say it on the record. You make your music in Audacity. That's yeah, crazy. I, uh, the audacity. The audacity. <laughs> I, I record and uh, I add some effects and such in Audacity. And then I export that to this like film editing software because I did video editing for a while. Um, and I just align it and adjust volumes and I export the wave. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my wild. music process. <laughs> that's uh, that's Dude, that's that's crazy. We, we, yeah, when you told me that, I was like, that is truly a MacGyver situation. I was like, why? Like, are you making it harder on yourself or easier? I don't, I don't my, know. A lot of my know? synths and keyboards come from apps I got on my phone. Ooh, interesting. 
You just record directly through. My favorite bit of information about my recording is uh the like have you ever played the game Rocksmith? Y- yes. Yeah, like a while ago. Yeah. I, yeah. I had Rocksmith, I think it was 2014, and um, the cable it used to plug into my PS3 is what I used to record all my guitars. <laughs> oh my god. Actually, uh, I have a very similar story. Uh, when I was a, I learned to drum by playing rock band drums, and once I got more serious about it, I bought an electronic drum kit that doubled as a game controller, <laughs> and the cables that, that were used to connect oh, right. the from same cables? The, the cymbals to the, the, the hardware brain that connected to the to the PlayStation are quarter-inch cables. That's funny. So I still have those. We in, use them in our I live use show. Them, I use them daily, and we use them in our live show. Like They're they're from an electronic rock band drum kit. That's they, really I, you funny. Know, they're, just, they're just regular quarter-inch cables, but they say like ride, snare, like kick on <laughs> We them, might be the same person. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. No, I, I honestly, like when when I first started talking with you, like I was like, you and Noah would get along extremely well. Except <laughs> I don't make music in Audacity because I'm not a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna, if, I'm gonna, I'm gonna if say, Logic I'm gonna, Pro were free, I'd have it. That's fair. That's fair. I'm gonna say you're going straight to the bad place for using Audacity. <laughs> no, but no, but on on the on the other token, I think it's a testament to like your willpower and creativity as 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 like an artist that you know you're not. You're not limited by uh, what are on the surface very limited tools. You're just like, I'm just going to do my thing and it works for me and I've got a system. Like, I think that's uh, that's all any that's all any of us are ever really doing. But people people don't realize about us that like we are this wonderful blend of like anxious ambition and path (laughs) of least resistance. Right. (laughs) So so it's like Noah's good at this one thing. I'm good at this other thing. I will not do anything that provides any kind of challenge. (laughs) Right. I I hate it when people ask me, and I'm not saying don't ask me, but I hate it when people ask me, uh, what is, how do I get into like music or how do I get into game development? Like, what do you do? (laughs) Right. Uh, And I like to use that quote from, I think it was Spider-Man Homecoming, Mm. where Iron Man says like, uh, don't do anything I would do and don't do anything I wouldn't do. (laughs) There's, There's a fine gray line. That's where you lay. Well, you know, I think when, when people ask me, I'm like, make a list. Like, I, I think that, like, when I actually started getting things done, I, I'm a very linear person. I think I have a hard time with music production because it's a nonlinear process. I think I'd have a lot of fun structuring a game because yeah. that's a linear process. I'd have a, a terrible time deciding what plant to put in the corner of a room. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's my problem is, like I like, I love editing the podcast. I love... Like anything that's utilitarian, lyric writing is also, I think, utilitarian. Um, the people will argue with me on that. But like anything that has any kind of options, I completely freeze up about. Anything that's like a linear process, I'm, I'm, I'm killing it. And that's like why I love doing sound design. I'm, I'm honestly the exact same way. I mean, I I, th- I think it's like a type type of brain, mm-hmm. you know, like like different ways of approaching a problem. But but yes, like sound design, like the footsteps in Summerland, for example, like they're each footsteps about like two or three layers, which you know, hopefully nobody hears. They just hear the footsteps. Yeah, like, I I didn't know that. In, in my head, it's like all you need is the, the sole of the foot, the crunch of the dirt, the the little crackle of the grass, and then you're good. Like linoleum is like heel of the foot, reverb of the the space, the actual like platform of the that's, whole that's really like, interesting like I, I i i think about things in terms of like what what's there and what isn't and how to sort of like fill in those spaces but at no point is that for me a creative process hmm. like it's all very like okay what is missing like, right when when you put your foot down what do you hear 
I, I had no idea that was that much went into that. You just sent me the footsteps and they sounded really good and I added them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's you know, that's how you do do the job. Um, like I, I, I have this uh, one time I worked on a on a film. Um, it was called The Intervention. And uh, I, I copy and pasted the same door sound effect for every time somebody opened and closed the door. And the sound designer I was working for was like, OK, Every door has a character. Like you're you're denying yourself the ability Man. to like tell part of the story by like only using this one sound every time it closes. So I went through every door, layered six other doors on top of it, like depending on was it an angry slam? Right. That's you know, cool. Was was it uh like were they trying to be quiet? Like, you know, that kind of stuff. That's really <laughs> interesting. Wow. Thank you, by the way. I didn't know so much went into those like sounds you had recorded for the game. Oh, of of course. Well, I wanted to do right by you, man. Like, I think, again, you know, I, I, I'm not like a big believer in like, you know, fate or kismet or whatever, but like I'm a believer in when you find yourself somewhere, do right by that something, you know? Well, I like, really appreciate it. Of course, of course. Like, I, I could tell from the jump there was so much passion in this game. Anybody who plays it can see, you know? Like, there is so much detail and care even to the point where like I was I was DMing you like, you know, asking for some hints so I could so we could finish it on time for the interview. And and you knew everything about like what was going on right. in the game, you know, no matter where we were, because obviously you spent hours yeah. with. Like, yeah, you were, you, were, you were in the weeds of coding yeah. every possible little interaction. You, you really have to have the passion to make something like this when I'm like a one man yeah. team, because oh, like sure. anything that was paid for was out of my own pocket. <laughs> And Which you know that's that's huge and and we we feel it on on our side. Yeah. But even just what people don't realize on the one man team is like you also have to be your own. Yeah, like, it was dedication. Motivator. It was dedication. Yeah. Like I think what gets me out of bed when I don't want to is like knowing that like Noah needs me to be like oh do this and I need Noah to be like okay do this. Yeah. Like, we you when you're working with somebody you hold somebody accountable, but you you know you're just waking up and doing it. I, it's just something I really like doing. It's it's a hobby. That I hope to turn into a career. Are you already working on the next thing? Or are you like, okay, we got to get Summerland out the door first, get the updates done? Oh, you like know, like even even making Summerland, uh, I was working on more music type stuff. Uh, no, no game plans at the moment. I mean, I have some old game demo type stuff that I've never released and no one's really ever seen. Uh, that's nowhere near a state where I even know if I'm going to continue with them. Uh, but I do have some music planned. Uh, I'm hoping to make a new album soon ish i have five demos recorded right now i think you sent me some stuff yeah i'm hoping to have an album out maybe in a year or two but yeah music's probably my next big thing well we know a thing or two about that so if, yeah. you, if you do need any help uh and also want to transition out of audacity <laughs> we are <laughs> we're here we're here for it Actually, you know what? We'll, we'll even help if it's in audacity, you know? Oh, well, that means a lot. Thank you. Because um, nobody, you know, nobody has to do it alone. I, res I respect the decision, but uh, I feel like actually one of the big sort of transitions for Noah and I, we're both realizing, oh, we we can actually rely on each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and not have to be so lonely in it. This is the know? first time, like, I'm recording music. And uh, my first album, I did, like, 100% alone, almost. Uh, this one, I'm actually bringing on like collaborators. I have a drummer for the first time ever. Hey, Phenomenal awesome. drummer. Uh, his name is Jonah Hemthorne. Amazing jazz drummer. 
Um, it's basically me doing everything. And then I say, Hey, here's the track. And then he writes and records this like amazing drum track for it. Uh, that <laughs> overshadows everything I did for the song. That's awesome. That's great. I mean, that's what a drummer should do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Also, uh, before um, we go into death, I do want to say, and this is totally like <laughs> off topic, but I just thought of we it. We don't go quietly into that dark night, you know? I have a friend, his name is Kyle and he does a podcast called the real dudes podcast like the first group of people that ever reviewed one of my games. So oh, nice. I, I sent him an early copy of Summerland and we did an interview and everything uh, before he played it uh, a few months back. And he said when he played it, the first thing he complimented, and I'm not even kidding, I'm not making this up, were the footsteps. <laughs> hey! <laughs> That's great. He's, he, the, one of his main criticisms of my last game was that uh, the footstep sounds were too monotone and like the same sound no matter what. Uh, and the first <laughs> thing he said he really liked is like, I love the footstep sounds in this game. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, that that, that means the world. It's, it is crazy. And I like, thought you'd enjoy uh, that. I mean, that... that, that Honestly, means means the world. This is really the second game I've ever like done sound for. Uh, I mostly do film yeah. stuff, but like, there's a lot of obvious footstep work in film, and I think people don't realize like how obvious it is when no thought is put into that versus like five percent of thought or ten yeah. percent or fifty or you know like when you hear when you're playing a game and you hear the same sound effect uh, footstep sound effect twice. That does something to your mm -hmm. to your brain. Yeah, you know that that like that, you know it's it's like when you hear like a wrong note on a pop song, you're like, okay, it doesn't ruin the whole song for me, but I definitely know they didn't. It stands uh, out. It stands out. You know. So I, I hey to, to uh, shout out Kyle and the, thanks for being a real dude, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and and I'm I'm here I'm here if you ever want to do more footsteps, bud. You know, but uh, we we have we have come to our. Final destination. The final uh, destination. Turn off the lights, light all the candles. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about death, baby. Is this what you think happens when you die? Oh, and, by no uh, means. <laughs> <laughs> not not to cut off your question early, but no. <laughs> what what do you think happens when you die? I don't know. I have no idea. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a great answer. That's that's pretty much why I made the game. Is again that whole anxiety because I don't know. Uh, Do, I saw this uh I saw this clip the other day. Uh, on the internet of Keanu Reeves on Colbert. And Colbert says, Keanu Reeves, what happens after we die? And Keanu, Keanu Reeves takes a beat and he says, I know that the people who love us will miss us. And then the crowd goes, aww. And then Stephen Colbert just like chokes up a little bit. And it's like a really sweet little clip. That's like a really lovely answer. Yeah, no, and that's actually like, well articulated. The best, way, the best way to ever dodge the question, but like it's it is the perfect answer to answer. the question. And also like just on Colbert too of all yeah. you know interviews. Like Colbert has the most tragic origin story. Very yeah. Okay, better question is what 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 do you want to have happen? Like if you could craft your your afterlife what would that look like i mean my one theory and i don't know how much back it backs this up right i i haven't researched much of it but i just think possibly not when you die but right before you die your brain just goes haywire and time feels slow and you really just imagine what you want and i think that could be it it's like that five seconds before is like these 80 years almost of just whatever you want it to be. Hmm. Well, you and I are 
on a very similar page because I I actually agree. That's that's what I think. Um, but I have one extra step if uh, if if you'll indulge me. All right. We got DMT in our brains because of uh, like dreams and stuff. Yeah. And uh, from what I've heard of friends who have gone on DMT trips, you know, time stops existing. So you're you're on on the money there. And uh, but also you kind of like somebody described like a vault of like all of their memories, but also like a lot of math. Like there was just a lot of math, like and shapes and stuff. Like they described this ability to sort of communicate with like math and shapes. So what I think is that when you die, you get hit with so much DMT that time stops existing, but you also are able to figure out like the math of the universe. Like you're able to understand kind of like how the whole equation of the the world is happening. So you can go back and forward in time, so to speak, and like kind of see everything that's going to happen at your at your leisure. That's that's, my, that's, that's my, really interesting. Wow. That's what brings me, I think, the most comfort is like being able to because it doesn't one, it doesn't matter if it's true. Like yeah. it doesn't matter if that information is accurate. But I think that, like what scares me the most about death is the FOMO. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, so so you get to kind of see uh everything that happens. You know, you get to see everything that that you didn't get a chance to see from your pr- uh, objective perspective. Because you didn't have the math in the past, you can extrapolate frame by frame to see where all your loved ones will go and be. You know, I actually really like that. That's it, that's very uh, not only interesting but comforting in a way. Yeah, that's that's what it is for me, and and that's why I think there's also a sort of moral imperative to you know, like I think heaven and hell is really just like having to experience. Like if you surrounded yourself by shitty people, or you know you didn't open yourself up or, or find a way of loving, then you're sort of just lost, you know, not knowing what you, what you want to see or where you want to go. And you just kind of wander through the math. Whereas like, and I'm getting into like interstellar, like the love dimension on this right. one, you know, but I do think that like, I don't know, it'd be cool to have some sort of agency and being able to like pull the threads of where everything goes, you know, not, not like actually control the world or whatever, but just like understanding how every, how all the chaos kind of stacked to lead you to your perfect little life. Yeah. Yeah. See, I I think I just take comfort in, in the idea that, that once, once what constitutes me is gone there, it does, it literally does not matter. Either there is, there's simply not a me to make judgments or, or have, opinions or the, like the whole system goes out the window. So it, so how, you know, like what's there to fear? Fear is no longer part of the equation. Nothing is part of the equation. It is literally pure nothingness. It is the same as, as was before I existed. I simply was not, and I simply will not be. And like, that's great. Lights out. Lights out. Curtains, baby. <laughs> Just players on a stage to act again, to sleep, to dream, perchance to dream and sleep. I'm, I'm blending. Cop Hamlet. crimes. Cop crimes. <laughs> I think I, I hope that's what happens when I die. I hope I like it's all black, and the last thing I hear is cop crimes. <laughs> We're committing cop, cop crimes, and then existence ceases to exist. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, that's that's actually for some people that's heaven, and for some people that's hell. It's right. just no, no, and I singing the cop crimes uh, song. <laughs> But you know, to answer your question, uh, no, Summerland is not what I think happens when we die. 
but it is interesting. You know, I think like I like this idea of agency. You yeah. know, like I think that the fact that there is a sort of cho- like it doesn't necessarily have a ton of weight, but the fact that like your your the game does ask you to make choices, whether or not it's weighed in, I think is really really cool. You know, are there any uh, are there any final uh, words or, or thoughts now that the post mortem is is you know well wrapped? Is there any final shout outs or things you want to say about Summerland? Yeah, uh, I just want to say that by the time this podcast comes out, uh, Summerland's going to be released. It's going to be out there and it's going to be free. So I highly encourage you to go on Steam or Itch.io uh, and download Summerland. Give it a shot. And if you were to be ever so kind, uh, I, I put a message and you guys played it. So you probably saw it. But uh, after beating the game, you get a message from me and a button that allows you to donate. A very polite message, if I may say so myself. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you could uh, find it in your heart, to donate to the studio, that would be awesome. Again, it's a free game, so any donations really help me to keep making these games uh, like I'm making them now. And no obligation, of course. Like, if you're not able to donate, don't donate. But if you can and you're willing, I'd really appreciate it. We absolutely vouch for it. We loved yeah. playing it. It was it was a really, really cool and fun experience. We were we were floored by some moments. Uh, there's, there's, there's a really beautiful amount of detail and just some really breathtaking pieces of level design so to everybody listening please play it uh even if you're not a video game player you don't need to be a video game player it's a walking uh narrative so you don't have to be good at video games to be able to to play it just dive in enjoy the story donate the more that goes into a company the more the musicians and the artists and the sound designers and everybody can can be uh can be compensated so you make the art happen dear listener and uh, and we hope you uh, continue to support creators like us and like you. So, uh, Connor, thank you so much for for being on on Talking Lion and for making such a, a fun game. It's been it's been an adventure and a, and a really fun journey. Oh yeah, and uh, and thank you guys a ton for uh, for letting me come on the show. And thanks for playing the game. Like that's actually really. I'm glad you guys liked it so much. Like I'm really happy that you guys liked the game. I'd like to thank Alan C. for supporting Talking Lion on Patreon and Isotope.